thanks that's all for today 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 hello and welcome back to thanks that's all for today a podcast hosted by me your host harriet mullen welcome back i really hope you enjoyed episode two as much as i enjoyed saying tracy dennis's name i said it loads didn't i i loved her episode all about her advice and about her incredible business now before episode three starts today i'd just like to personally thank my guests for their openness and honesty in today's episode because it was definitely a very personal one so without further ado here's episode three Singer, dancer, actor, voiceover artist, West End star, and one third of the idols. It's the amazing Charlotte Riby. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Thanks That's All for Today, a podcast hosted by me, Harriet Mullen. Okay, guys, where do we start today? I have an absolute superstar on the podcast. We have TV, film, stage, actor, singer, West End star, voiceover artist, and fantastic mama. We have Charlotte Riby on today's podcast. Hi, gorgeous. My God, you can stare. That was a right intro. Thank you. <laughs> a bit more to come as well. I just carry you around everywhere and do that intro, <laughs> walk into a room. Jeez Louise. I do have to say that I've actually gone onto two pages to write your credits because you have oh. worked, lady. <laughs> you have worked. First of all, I have to say Charlotte is one third of the idols who I am obsessed with. I absolutely love you. You've been girls. one part of the idols. No, I've just been like a supply teacher idol. <laughs> <laughs> Darling, you slotted right in with that gorgeous gig that we did recently. How gorgeous was that? Most beautiful gig. I mean, yeah, you can't ask for much more, can we? No. It's gorgeous. And, and you were gorgeous. And thank you for being part of us this morning. Thank you. You don't need to thank me. It was an absolute honour. And I even got a candle. Wowzers. That was the most beautiful gig. Just a really quick little anecdote. I always like to start my episodes with an anecdote of how I know my guest. Charlotte and I just got back a couple of weeks ago from the most amazing gig in Scotland. And I obviously absolutely loved working with you and the gorgeous Portia. But Charlotte and I actually met. We met, I say in inverted commas, because we didn't actually get to meet properly. But our sort of first meeting was at All Together Now. And Charlotte was the first person that stood up for me. Thank you, Charlotte. I love you. Stood up, packed the button and shouted, Tone! (laughs) I love you for that. I wish we could have met at that show, but they kept us very separate, didn't they? But yeah, thank you, first of all, for that. Because every time I watch the video, I'm like, oh, oh, Charlotte, love that. Not that I watch it every single day. You know, (laughs) PowerPoint. So um, we've obviously we've worked together through Portia, who is a really dear friend of yours. And you guys were in Priscilla together as divas. And we worked together at the Female Soul Society. She has the most beautiful family. Your two boys are absolutely gorgeous, Charlotte. Oh, my gosh. They are so cute. They must be so proud of you. Oh, they are. Do you know what? I, I, I don't know if they get it quite yet, but they do like to come and watch because my husband's in the same business of course my husband's in and julia at the moment in the west end at the shaftesbury theater and oh that sounded like a plug there didn't it it wasn't <laughs> it's a very good show if you want to go see it um so 
they love to come and watch mummy and daddy on the stage. And Juliet, that my husband in, in is in, should I say, is their favourite show. It's all the jukebox musical. You know, they, they love to the sing along. Mm. Love to turn into the characters and, oh, they love all that. They've been to see, Joey saw me in Waitress, slightly unsuitable, but I mean, he watched Mommy on the stage. He used to go to school and tell everybody that Mommy was a waitress. I was like, oh, oh darling, Mommy's in Waitress. Yeah, she's a waitress. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and doing things, you know, voiceover and stuff, if we're in the car and they go, oh, that's you. And I'm like, yes, that's mommy on the radio. Oh, okay. You know. Amazing that they're just surrounded by it from you and your husband. Yeah. And and I, I think they get it a little bit, you know, and I think other people think it's quite cool and they're just like, oh, yes, mommy and daddy, what did they do? Joey used to say, mommy does talking in a box. If I ever took him to voice servers with me. <laughs> So I mentioned a minute ago about you being in Priscilla. So I think it's only right that we look at your amazing, amazing credits. And the thing with this podcast is I started it with the idea of people talking about like how hilarious or how crazy some of these audition stories are. But I actually think what our listeners take away from the podcast is like how people have stayed in the industry or had longevity in the creative industry, whether that's teaching, voiceover, West End, whether it's directing, choreography, it's just basically surviving in a Mm. very oversaturated industry. And that's why I just think it's amazing your career because you have done so much. You have appeared in the West End in shows such as Hairspray, as Tracy, you've been in Priscilla as one of the divas, you've toured the UK with me and my girl. You've also been in the cast of Billy Elliot, Jesus Christ Superstar, and most recently shows like Waitress, as you mentioned, and Carousel. But you've also been in a number of TV shows and you've even performed for royalty, casual, so casual. And of course, one third of the idols. And also, can I mention that your voiceover work includes Morrison's? Is that true? It's true, Bev. I was the voice of Morrison's for four years. Bloody amazing. (laughs) <laughs> it's a six pack of flowery baps I mean it was that <laughs> um and I used to do all the t's and c's I've done radio and um tv stuff for them Amazing. Um, yeah, it was it was um it was a brilliant job a brilliant a brilliant contract So I want to take you back. We're going to go back because I'd read that you were a member of the National Youth Music Theatre when you were younger. And I just wondered if performing was something that you always, always wanted to do or whether it was just something you accidentally got into. Oh, from the day dot. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> this is from my mother's mouth. Um, like I, so I started dancing when I was two, two and a half, which is ridiculous to think that you can get a child into you know into dancing at such a young age but my mum's theory behind taking me to dance class was the fact that she could never get me to stand still she used to open doors and I'd like at two be stood on my head behind the door or 
you know, in splits in my cot or ridiculous things like that. She, she was like, oh, I should probably do something with that. And um, sorry, just waving at somebody out the window. Lovely. Um, <laughs> probably do something about that. So she um, took me to dance class and my first dance teacher, um, Vera Skelton, God rest her soul, drew a little chalk cross on the floor. And she said that was the first time she got me to stand still ever. Wow. So she do all these little chalk crosses on the line and all these little ballerinas, little little tots mm. in little pink lycra dresses stood in first position on the white crosses. And she was like, yes, we've done it. <laughs> we've harnessed something in her. And that that just progressed. And dance class on a Saturday then turned to Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday throughout the week. My mum then, there was a, I think there was an audition or something that came up for um, The Sound of Music, which was a touring production that came to Hull, which is the nearest town from where I, I lived growing up. And um, it was with Christopher Kasnerve and Robin Nedwell and Liz Robertson playing the leads in the show. Massive, big, multi-million pound production. And they were auditioning for the children. So my mum took me along, first audition, and I had no front teeth. And I sat, I did a little poem. Has anybody seen my mouse? Oh. <laughs> and she said, I stood there in my first position. Mm. I did the audition and, and got, got Gretel in The Sound of Music with me no front teeth. And um, did that in, in Hull. And then they took it to Sadler's Wells as well. And we did, we did something there. And um, so that was the first taster of, I suppose, real musical stuff. Mm. Um, I've, I've always sang always sang and always sort of sang in tune as well even from being tiny weeny like I've heard little little snippets that my mum recorded on a cassette you know on a cassette yeah. player and singing nursery rhymes and things like that and oh oh you know that little one can hold a tune so so yeah did that and um and then just carried on so everything sort of progressed like my parents traipsed me up and down the country doing a Roy Castle hope for appeal I used to do that every Saturday I used to do festivals I used to do dance class um I had singing lessons from about 11 if I had any opportunity to do other Amdram stuff locally like Annie I played Annie and then did the sound of music as well twice more but amateur so I, I did Gretel and Marta and Brigitte and <laughs> working my way up through the children um but all this performance experience was all you know, leading up to me wanting to to do it as a career. So I've never wavered. I've never wanted no. to do else ever, ever. No. And there was always the girls above me at, at dance class that I always looked up to. And, you know, what are they doing? The ones that want to do it as a career. Um, and I got to the age of about 11 and the opportunity came up to audition for the National Youth Music Theatre, um, which is this incredible incredible organization based down in London um and I got into that and the first production that I ever did with them was The Wizard of Oz um and you at the age of 11 12 would go away for four weeks at a time which is massive yeah that is my mum and dad would drive me down to London on or, or thereabouts you know and leave me in the care of chaperones and over this period of time we would put on this this show all under the age of 18 staying in halls um living eating rehearsing together uh, playing having the best time mm. and obviously you go through bouts of, of homesickness and stuff but this was my real, real first experience of the intense rehearsal mm. side of it all 
and putting on a massive production. Um, and for me, the NYMT was the best training, the best insight into the beginning of, of this mental business. And I was part of the NYMT for four years. So I did Wizard of Oz and creation with them as well. Mm. And then started to do Oklahoma, but couldn't finish it because I then went away to Lanes. Oh, I just absolutely smiled. <laughs> Sorry. Don't beat up your microphone, Harriet. I got so excited because I was like, oh my God, she's such a pro. She's like linked us into the next question that I, I've just smashed coffee all over my charger wire and all over the table. Excellent. We'll leave it. It's okay. We'll carry on. Don't worry about me. She's such a pro. She's just led me straight on to my next question. So obviously it sounds like you have just had this absolute amazing, like strong passion from a young age that has been nurtured by these amazing organizations and then has led you to this brilliant professional school. What, how old were you when you went to Lane? So it was, it was always the aim. Like I said, I watched these girls that I, you know, aspired to follow on. Um, and a couple of them, um, you know, there, there was some went off to ballet school because I went to a predominantly um, ballet school growing up. And the ones that I followed then started to, to go off to musical theatre school. And Lanes was the one that I always watched and watched and watched. And I think I auditioned for Lanes and Art said, um, got into both, but chose Lane was felt right for me. Mm. Um, and yeah that, that's that's how that happened it was it was always the dream to go to lens right from being about 11 I remember going to school and you know when you go to those careers things and like right so what are you gonna do for a job and I was like I'm I'm gonna be on the stage <laughs> yeah but what are you gonna do for a real oh. job no, no I'm, I've I've already got in so I'm going yeah what are you gonna do for a backup no 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 that there's no that's option there that's so interesting because I actually taught somebody recently who said to me that they are not going to do drama or music at a level because their teachers have told them even now even today when you know they've so many options now for creative jobs and and entrepreneurs and not everybody goes to uni or trains they Mm. there's so many different career options I thought isn't that sad that kids are still being told now that the arts is not a credible job I know and this this is such a massive it's a massive industry and there are so many facets to this mm. to this whole industry, which is something that I'm so passionate about telling youngsters because if you pigeonhole yourself to going, oh, I only want to be in musical theatre, you're going to limit yourself massively and that will shorten your career, shorten your horizons, make everything much more difficult to get work. You have to be open to everything. And if the career people knew that there are that many facets to the entertainment industry then I think it would be more acceptable for somebody to say I'm going to be an entertainer there's just something that that needs to be said and needs to be known more of you know that the entertainment industry and performing doesn't have to just mean you are on the stage Mm. as my career and as my business Mm. you know tells there are so many different sections of which you can make a career earn money and 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 build a life out of and can I ask you a question from having all that training and that background in theatre and production and you know working from such a young age with professionals is there anything that you didn't learn in all those years of training that when you got into the industry you were like oh my god I didn't know that about the industry or did you feel super prepared for working as a professional? I don't think you ever know anything everything about this business even now I 
I go into jobs and I am learning. I learn all the time. You learn different language that people use on stage, in screen, um, particularly in screen. Having um, done some film work recently, like the different language that they're using on set, um, even down to going into hair and makeup and all that different thing, you know, you you have to be a sponge constantly. Um, so no, I don't, I don't think even, even the training and the experience that I had up to the age of 16 going away at lanes and through my training there, I still don't think you come out 100%. It's impossible. Mm. Um, but all you can do is be is be that sponge and and be you know as absorbent as you can to every environment that you're put into so we are going to play a game now this is not like a musical theater game or like a quiz this is purely a different way to ask you questions. So it's like a quick fire round, okay? If we had some shots, that would make this even better. But this game is called Would You Rather Audition Edition, okay? So I'm going to ask you two things and I want you to tell me quick fire which one you'd prefer. And it's so funny because I honestly think I can predict what people say and I never can. So in an audition, would you rather, Charlotte Ryby? 16 bars or a full song? A full song. Excellent. Would you rather bring your material or the production company slash creative team's material to an audition? My material. Actually, I don't, that's a lie. Dependent on what role it is, um, if it's a show that I really love and I'm like, I love all the songs in that show and I know that I want to be seen for a specific part, give me the material. If I just want to maybe influence your mind on what you should be seeing before I'll bring my own stuff gorgeous do you have a song from your rep that you can use universally or do you change it every single time you audition oh hilarious Charlotte can you bring me a rock song yeah take another little piece of my heart Charlotte have you got a jazz standard yeah take another little piece of my heart (laughs) um honestly that that song have you got a pop song? Yeah, take another little piece of my heart. Have you got a rock ballad? Yeah, take another little piece of my heart. Honestly, that's that song that gets changed up left, right and centre in oh. all American, whatever you want. Love that song. Could you give us a little... No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the next section is live performance. Um, would you rather... Now, obviously, this will probably happen a lot for you because you've worked so much. Would you rather know the panel you're auditioning for or perform for strangers? I think it depends on what the show is. I auditioned for something recently and I knew the musical director really, really well. Right back from NYMT days, what we were just talking about. And um, to go into a room and give him a big cuddle and then um, sing for that person is is a really lovely thing that then puts me at ease. Also, I have this, I, I can talk, obviously. I think we've established that one. <laughs> I but I sometimes get a bit of a witter on in in an audition room and I consciously have to say to myself shut up Charlotte you know these these people have, have come to see what you can do not to hear you talk about did you get the kids to school or not so some, sometimes if I know somebody I get a bit chatty and I have to go shut up so sometimes that goes against me a little bit but um it is always nice to see a familiar face and like you say been around a few years it's inevitable that when you walk into a room you're going to know the casting director from 15 years ago um 
yeah so I think it's so nice that you're chatty when you go in though I I just think that is you as a person it's the same as me like I've tried to silence myself or like you know kind of come across a different way it's just why because if you get the job you're going to be chatty you're going to be yourself but it's a shame isn't it I always used to think that my accent was um used to maybe not come across in the way in which I wanted it to come away you know and I and I, and I used to try and tone down my accent and maybe make it a little more RP and hello my name's Charlotte nice to meet you and I'd be like ah, that's not me no you know and I remember doing um I was in hairspray and myself and Rachel Wooden became very very close friends she's one of my best friends in the entire world and um she couldn't be any more northern if she tried that one and I remember looking at her and thinking oh you know what an incredible career she has but she is literally what you see is what you get. Mm. What Rachel Wooden on the tin is what's inside the tin. And I thought how lovely it is that she is just her and she is just very, very nor- normal and northern and, and has been super successful. And maybe I, I can be normal and northern too and, and not go into a room and try and be somebody I'm not. Mm. So, but I, that clocked very early on. I stopped that instantly. Yeah, isn't it interesting how we filter ourselves? <laughs> because my background is in music and you do not feel to yourself at all. You've got to be like your true mm. authentic self for a record label to love. And I know you've had experience with, with the music industry as well. And I feel like in musical theater, it's like, no, 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 no. We don't want to see any personality. The amount of times I've sort of heard a little dig about my outfit. Like you look like a sparkly space man, or that's an obnoxious <laughs> outfit. And I'm like, that's just what I would wear to impress you. Yeah, you know, because that's the most authentic me, you know, but mm. they don't want to see that. It's almost like, yeah, we just try and fit into a box. There is. And I suppose sometimes they're looking for a blank canvas of which mm. they can, you know, can you play this character? Um, mm. I think that was that was more apparent years ago as well. Mm. Whereas now, you know, they're, they're looking for something different and they're looking for, um, you know, somebody who has an essence of the part or or that type of thing so yeah be genuine I remember going to an audition I think it was like wear no makeup and wear black and anyone that didn't got cut that's terrible Mm. I know what no makeup no makeup no makeup and all black and I remember like adhering to it and I didn't get cut but people were just getting cut like in a line awful um screen versus theater audition um quite similar to be fair the ones that I've been for so the the screen stuff that I've done recently um I've done three quite wonderful films over the last yeah you've done a film with my boyfriend Timothy Chalamet haven't you (laughs) (laughs) yes I did do one with with your boyfriend Tim yeah Timmy nice guy (laughs) (laughs) sorry Michael uh um yeah I did the Wonka film amazing released 15th of December this year um do you know what it's going to be I think it's going to be a really beautiful film as well mm-hmm. so it's a prequel um to the Willy Wonka films so it's the prequel um it's the prequel that's all I'm going to say I'm <laughs> really good sorry can I um but it's a prequel I'll say a prequel again yeah just one more time prequel <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, but I did that, and it was it was um it was a a dance audition. So I was a dancer in the film. Um, I have got a little line, hopefully, if you don't get cut at the beginning of the film. Um, and 
obviously they're looking for characters and it was tap it was a tap audition to begin with which was wonderful and yeah we did a lot of on, on location stuff but the actual audition itself was was very much like a musical theatre audition taken by um a musical theatre dancer himself who was one of the assistant choreographers on the sh- on the film um so it was it was very much ran like a, a musical theatre audition it was it was lovely yeah lovely and are there as many rounds in film or was it very similar to MT yeah no I think I did two two same for the the other ones that I've I've done as well all two rounders can I ask you a question we don't have to put it in the podcast if you don't want to but um do you think you get fast-tracked in auditions because you've obviously you've you've done so much you know how there's like some rounds where there's like nine different rounds in musical theater do you think because your cv is so strong and because you've created a really strong business for yourself and reputation do you find that you don't have to do the like nine rounds anymore listen some jobs you you end up going in at first round and that's just the nature of the beast but other other things again if somebody thinks that you're particularly suitable for a role um, we're just going to bring you in, give you the material straight away and not do as many dance rounds, you know, as, as there are available for the job. Or maybe my agent may be getting me in further down the line as well. So maybe I wouldn't do the open audition or the, you know, the, the big first round dance calls or first round singing calls you you get to go slightly further down the line and obviously that's because that is because I've done I've, I've worked and people look at your CV and go oh she's done this she's done that she's done this and maybe because she did that she's suitable to do this part so we'll send us material or they've seen me do something so so yes you do get put slightly further I suppose up the ladder yeah the thing is as I get older as well maybe it's because there's less of us around less 37 year olds that are willing to tap and dance around all day I seem to be dancing more mm. you know and, and that's, that's, I'm not complaining about it but I'm, I am like oh okay <laughs> you've obviously done a variety of different shows within the musical theatre industry do you prefer a concert style show or a musical theatre show the variation and the variety within my career is is lovely. Like to stand there and sing you a song is wonderful. But then to perform it in the context of a musical or in a story scratches an itch like no other. Does that make sense? Mm. Um, if I've, you know, not, not done a musical for a while and I have been doing other things, be it whatever, you know, I, I do get this pang to do, to do a show and be in a musical and sing and dance and act all at the same time. Um, and there's also there's also the routine as well of, of being in a show, which is lovely. You know, you go to work, you do your job, you come home, you know what's happening every single day. Whereas being very freelance or doing short, sharp jobs, then you, you have to stay on your toes. And I suppose, you know, you, you keep going a week at a time. Whereas when you're in a musical and you're in a, a years long contract, six month contract, whatever it is, there is full routine to your life, which sometimes I very much enjoy. Finally, in this round, I just want to ask you, this isn't really would you rather, but I saw your Oriartis video and you said how you'd love to have that one song that you could hear when, you know, you're out dancing or just that like one fab song with a great beat. So would you rather sing empty house, pop, soul, jazz? What would be your favorite one? It's a very twicky. twicky. <laughs> That's a very twicky question. Um, 
I love dance and house music. Like I love singing to a group of people that are out having the time of their lives. As I said on my interview for Ori Artists, one of my dreams is to, this is a very long-winded would you rather answer, by the way, but um, I would rather, I wouldn't rather, I would love to have a house tune released. Um, a dance tune that as soon as you hear it, you put your hands in the air, you know every lyric. It's euphoric and wonderful. And I suppose my key thing is that every time you you hear it, it transports you back to the first time that you heard it. And you go, oh my God, I remember where I was when I very first heard this tune. Mm. I'd love to have that one tune. But singing um, an emotional musical theatre song that connects with the person in the audience that is, is you know, submerged in a in a show the connection that you can have by by singing a meaningful song has just as much impact as singing that massive house song for me so to to choose one one genre is extremely difficult for me because I sing everything from opera to like I said house music pop music so Mm. everything has its place for me everything and we just need to hear take a little piece of my heart the house dance version next (laughs) We can get that. We do a house version of taking a little piece of my heart. Let's do it. (laughs) So this next section is always like my story time for my guests. I want to know three things, okay, in this story time section. So it's like question and answer story time. You've obviously had some incredible jobs. Do you have one that just stands out to you as your favourite job ever? My favourite job ever. A very meaningful job for me um, was coming back to the business after having my first little boy, um, which was going back to work at Regent's Park and was in Jesus Christ Superstar. So obviously you know, going back after having a child is a massive thing in the first place. So I remember going into the audition and um, Drew McCurney is the choreographer who was XNYMT. So there comes the connection of me knowing somebody in a room. And after having a child, you get this um, real vulnerability about you that you feel very insecure. Your body's changed. Your mind is basically like scrambled egg, which is excellent. (laughs) And I remember going to the audition and being like, shit, I haven't done this for a very long time, firstly. Secondly, can I do this physically? Thirdly, how am I supposed to return anything apart from how to keep a child alive right now? That, mm. that was a big thing. So I remember going into the audition, feeling a bit mental, but doing it, turning to the back of the room after doing the, the routine first time, which was heaven on their minds and was ridiculously full out. Thanks, Drew. Um, Turning to the back and tears just streaming down my face in the middle of the audition room. And I was like, whoa. And it wasn't for a a feeling of relief, but it was was just completely overwhelming. Mm. Um, And I remember there was a guy that I was in Billy Elliot with me who was a father also, and he just got my hand and he squeezed my hand and I went... Okay, all right, I got it, I've got it, I've got it. Um, and I went home, probably sobbed a little bit. And um, then I posted on a group that I'm part of on Facebook. 
which is a shout out to all of those ladies on that group. It's called Mummy Banter. And um, it's a closed group of mums set up by the wonderful Lisa Locke, who is a musical theatre mother. And um, it's just grown and grown and grown. And I remember posting on there and we post on there for anything, anything to do with motherhood, anything to do with theatre, um, bits of support, advice, whatever you want. I remember just posting on there and going, wow, that was a lot today. That was the first one. And um, Drew's assistant, gorgeous Ebony, messaged back and she said, I wanted to cry watching you. Oh God, I get emotional now talking yeah. about it. Um, I wanted to cry watching you because I felt every, every little movement that you did. Yeah. And she said, and, and I watched you in, in the audition. She said, and she's a mum of two as well. And she said, and I just felt everything that you did. And it was amazing. Anyway, I got the job. <laughs> oh my God. That was so moving. I've got goosebumps. Never mind this, guys. This is Star of Time, Charlotte. Um, anyway, I got the job. God, went to do the most beautiful season at Jesus, uh, uh, Regent's Park. And if you've ever been to Regent's Park, you're, it's obviously it's outside. You're in an amphitheatre. Uh, amphitheatre, I think it's about 1,300. So it's, it's huge. And the trees are beautiful around you. And you're in the elements. And on top of the elements, you've got the, the score to Jesus Christ Superstar. When you start it, we're, we're all at the back of the auditorium. And you hear, boom, boom, boom. Bum, 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 bum. and the, the orchestra is on the stage um, and the the sound system that they used at Jesus Christ Superstar in, in Regis Park was part of the Glastonbury um, sound system so the booming wow. booming music was was incredible and um, I just I just remember you know feeling this this rush of why I do my job mm-hmm. and I suffered quite badly with postnatal depression after Joey and that job was the thing that pulled me out of it massively. So, so that, that, that for me is, it was a real, a real turning point, a real, you know, get Charlotte back to, to feeling like Charlotte and that job did it for me. And it's, and I suppose it's that theatre as well. Like you can stand in silence on that stage and all you hear are the trees rustling and then the wind starts to move and then it, rains sometimes and people go oh I'm not going to the theatre to sit in the rain but you you go to that theatre knowing you're going to be sat outside in the UK firstly but the 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 weather and the elements add to everything that you watch in that theatre and makes you feel everything on a completely different level so if you haven't been go see something there because it's incredible I did actually audition for Jesus Christ Superstar at Regent's Park, but I got there too late. So they cut the queue off and I just handed in a headshot. Harriet! (laughs) But it taught me a lesson because for Scylla, I got to the the queue at like five something and was seen within like the first half an hour. So in a way, it taught me something about the industry. So I mentioned earlier, and you've obviously mentioned that you and your lovely husband are both performers in the industry, which is absolutely amazing. And I love that. It's just one of the best things, having a partner that totally understands the industry that you're in. Um, But what's it like in your house? Like both of you live in your dream careers. And, you know, I've just seen you go up your stairs and you've got posters everywhere. Like, 
I mean, that's amazing, right? Do you two help each other with self-tapes? Do you help each other with, oh, this is coming up or this is coming up? So firstly, as stagey as our careers are, we are a very normal household. We don't listen to musical theatre in the house. We very rarely sing and dance around the house. Like, it's not like you would have this preconceived idea of two theatricals in a household together. It's not. <laughs> yeah, we have, so going up the stairs in our house, um, we have the, the show posters up. Because, you know, they should be up. This, that's yeah. our career. I'm proud of that. So they are up, yes. Um but it's not, it's not a, like I say, it's not a, a stagey household. Um, obviously, we support each other massively. I never, ever thought that I would be with somebody in the industry. I suppose um, men in general in, in the industry get such a bad rap, and I'm not umbrellaing men at all, particularly in musical theatre. But I think, you know, going through college and stuff and and seeing, you know, maybe maybe how they behaved and things, I was like, I am not going out with with a, a, a theatrical, so to speak, and, and that's not who I will spend my life with and everything else. Um, and I never did until I met Ivan and, and definitely fell madly in love with him and, and it worked beautifully. The industry can be unsociable for people who are in the business and um, to have a, a relationship with somebody who, and it's it's not me, you know, saying that somebody can't understand, but it can be quite difficult to understand that six nights a week, if you are in musical theatre, you're not going to see your partner until they get until midnight. So throw children into that mix. You, you're like passing chips. You know, if, if somebody who had a, a nine to five job went to work at nine o'clock in the morning you left at five o'clock as they walked through the door that's it you, you know you're not, you're not going to see them six days a week so being with somebody in the industry works very very well he understands me I understand his career and it's a wonderful thing um we have worked together twice we did Jesus Christ Superstar together um I can, I can hear hello hello, hello. Okay. I'm good I'm just talking about um how how our relationship works and the fact that it you know it, it does work and I never thought I'd be with somebody in the industry or bored or bored <laughs> <laughs> I um, wish my listeners had just seen that moment that was so cute we just had Ivan <laughs> pop in to see Charlotte and pants, by the way. oh lovely excellent <laughs> But yes, it works and it works beautifully. And I never thought that, like I said, like I would end up with somebody in the industry, but it, it works so well. It works so well. And he understands my need to, to perform and entertain as I do his. And yeah, we're, we're very, 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 very lucky. And with advice and things like that, do you ever help each other with like auditions or things like that? Or are you quite self-contained and you know what your strengths are and you just go and do it separately? I think yeah we both we both have our strengths like Ivan's the most incredible dancer um so I often ask his you know his opinion and his help on on particularly partner work which is not my strength um but I, I'll often go to him for help like that and he'll come to me can I sing this for you yeah that's fine um I'm very good with accents so he'll mm. say in fact I sort of just tell him where accents are concerned <laughs> I'm like babe that's that's not right <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, and he's really good at accents but it just takes him a minute whereas I, I find accents extremely easy so 
um i suppose i, I just give him give him that constructive criticism whether he wants it or not but yeah so when it comes to self tips and and things like that we do help each other read in for each other and yeah and 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 do it that sort of way but he's got ridiculous ridiculous talent for learning lines and learning script which really winds me up because i haven't <laughs> i can learn songs fine learn tunes harmonies go in quickly everything's fine but script oh it really and it, it's got worse after having children whereas he can look at a page two seconds later he's learned the whole thing it really winds me up <laughs> does it <laughs> <laughs> and have you got a dream role that you'd love to play alongside him oh alongside him I don't know about alongside him um I'd love to do We Will Rock You. It's a sing that I would love to do. I'd love to play Killer Queen vocally. I'd, I'd love to sing, you know, all those beautiful, beautiful Queen songs. And he'd make a gorgeous Khashoggi. So. Well, before we move on, personally from me, Charlotte, I just wanted to thank you so much for sharing what it's like to be in a creative couple and also the story about you returning to work after having your son. So I want to talk to you a little bit about rituals. So this is like a little game, not really. So it's like, do you have any dot, dot, dot? Do you have any superstitions about auditions or about like roles that you've played? I don't have superstitions about auditions. um, But when I am in a a theatre scenario, I do get into specific routines, so to speak. So I will get dressed in a certain order normally very last minute I'm not that person Ivan's the type of person that'll be sat there 10 minutes before the half fully dressed you know scrolling on his phone but fully dressed whereas I'll be sat there at the five still popping my eyeliner on not dressed shall arrive to the stage please shall arrive to the stage and I'm like shit but yeah that's that's always me it's always it's always the way I've worked but I do think if I um like doing a specific part when you enter from a certain wing or you come on behind a, a specific piece of scenery or whatever else I tend to touch it in the same way pull it out in the same way so you be, you get a little bit like that and if I do it a little bit different one day I'm like oh that's that's set me slightly off you know so yes um not not rituals but more routine more than anything else and is there anything you do within the run of any any show or any film to keep you healthy? Because you must have learned over the years, like how to have longevity long term, but also like in a run. Is there anything that you do like vocal health or um, vitamins or anything like that to keep you basically fit for the run? Because it is relentless sometimes, especially if you're doing something like Regent's Park and you're outside. Mm. Um, I, I'm a pretty healthy person, touch wood. In the grand scheme of things, I um, have the constitution of an ox, Berkeley. <laughs> um, so I, again, touch wood. See, maybe that's the thing. That's a superstition. Touch, touch wood. Um, so I, I have a very strong voice um, with strong technique as well, instilled from being very, very young. Um, and I know what I'm doing with my instrument, but I always warm up well using my full range as, as wide as it can go I think that's really important whether I'm using that top octave or not I, I you know I make sure that that is as warm as possible because as, as soon as I am fully warm everything else be the low notes everything will work properly um also I 
like to inflate my lungs properly so I think breathing exercises are very very important and obviously physically a good stretch I'm not a big cardio person but I I find um warming up in in deep stretches and and limbering uh, much more beneficial than jogging around the room 45 times personal preference Now, we're on our final story time before I just ask you a little bit of advice. Your favourite, your worst, your best, your funniest, whichever one you want, audition story. Oh, God. I mean, I could be here all day. I mean, your Jesus Christ Superstar one sounded amazing, obviously. I've I've done a few emotional ones. (laughs) I'm quite an emotional person. Again, since having the children, it makes makes my emotional... My emotionals. It makes my emotions right on the surface so the the slightest thing can can set me off um which is a good thing I suppose when you go into an audition and you you have to be emotional you know doing a piece or singing a song or something um there was a a song that I I auditioned for something recently and it was really emotional I was like at the end of it I was really sorry I can't get through the song and she's like yeah that's because you've got it in the wrong context you need to sing it as if you're singing about somebody else not about you I was like oh okay good so that, that's brilliant. If you'd have told me that, I probably wouldn't have had a full breakdown in the middle of the song. You know, that's fine. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything really ridiculous I've done. I do remember... <laughs> I remember one of the first auditions I went to. I'm not even going to say what it was for. Coming out of college, there was always this, this you know, thing that they said, oh, you must go in a dress and heels to an audition. Mm. It's not necessary that you go in a dress and heels to an audition, to right. it all all listeners and um, just be presentable so anyway I goes in a dress and heels because I thought that was the thing to do it was like probably one of the very first ones and I have this thing if I get a little bit nervous my ankles start to wobble a little bit especially in a very high heel like my ankle joint gets a tremor and I was like oh god this is a big song and I've got a wobbly ankle <laughs> so I walked into the audition and I was like higher um I cockled on the way here um, I'm really sorry. Um, do you mind if I just take my shoes off? So I did the audition in bare feet because I was well got away with, you know, saying I'd, I'd cockled on my ankle because I didn't want to do the audition in heels. Lesson to be learned. Don't wear really high heels for an audition. It's not essential. There you go. Oh, brilliant. And Portia told me that your diva auditions, well, her diva audition was that you just got given like lots of different harmonies and then you mm-hmm. had to come in and sing. Did you meet the the girls so Emma Portia and yourself did you meet at the audition before you got the diva roles in Priscilla or did you just meet on the first day so Emma was already in the show Portia and I joined in the second contract um and the audition was quite it was it was a lot actually so we learned the three parts the bottom middle and the top part of, of each section of the song and um they'd literally put you into groups and and flip it so they'd be like can you see the top you see the bottom you see the middle and be like oh god my brain and this would have happened maybe four or five different groups and you would sing all the different harmonies plus a little bit of choreography in all different groups and they were looking for a blend and looking for a chemistry between the three girls um I knew Portia from college because we both went to Lanes um she was in the year below me but obviously being singers at Lanes you know of each other anyway and 
always had ultimate respect for my sister now um just because she's incredible but in in the audition we were like oh hey you know and and got put together in a group and after the audition went and drank a lot of red wine I do remember that one um yeah we really did that afternoon I remember that um (laughs) but yeah so so we were put into groups and then we didn't actually meet Emma until we went into rehearsals and yeah the rest is history my sisters and they are as well they're they're like the sisters I never had um I adore them both my beautiful girls gorgeous bloody love the idols (laughs) and and when we were working together it was just so easy Especially the the singing side of it all it was so easy that it would have been criminal not to carry it on in some way or another mm. you know so we would just say oh do you know this song yeah yeah I'll sing this bit you sing that and, and then just naturally do you know do the mm. harmony side of it all and and that's where the idols were born and it was Portia's Auntie Mary that came up with the name really I love her Auntie Mary I know the idols what about that We are on to your final section, which is all about advice. And my main points for for advice today are, one, is there anything specific to TV slash films, a screen versus musical theatre that you could give advice on? You know, anything for people that want to make the transition from MT to film Um, and also about longevity in this creative career? Okay, Um, the film, musical theatre to film thing. I will never close a door on one side of my career. It's a a sentence that I hear from people quite often. I'm never going to do another show again. Okay, I believe you. And I'll see you in a couple of years when you swan back in and you're doing Saturday Night Fever. It it does make me go, (laughs) okay, good. You know, I don't understand why people would shut a a door to, again, this multifaceted business. It it baffles me when people go, unless it's something that really upsets you Mm. or you can't do it or I definitely I am never doing it again I I wouldn't say that sentence um because again never you never say never mm. there's there's so many different angles to this so when people go I'm never doing a show again and I'm only going to do film you're closing the door again and you are narrowing your avenues and um and possible journeys that your career may take so from a transition point of view I I have no particular advice because it's not something that I will ever go I am never going to do that again I always want to be open to it all Mm -hmm. Uh, longevity wise I think it all ties in pretty much in the same the same question you have to be open to everything you Mm. you know Charlotte will you come and sing at a festival yes lovely that's part of my entertainment side will you do the voice service yeah I'd love to brilliant um we we don't want voice service particularly for an advert but this is um an instruction voice server yeah fine that's it's still voice service Charlotte will you come and teach a musical theatre workshop yeah fine you know mm. I'm, I'm from my knowledge that it's still I'm still entertaining to a to a degree in mm. front of, of students that want to learn um you know and will you do a show yeah would you do a a straight opera yeah I would there are so many different things and I think that being open adaptable and um unwilling to do all different types of entertainment and performance is the key to longevity so don't pigeonhole yourself is the end of that one definitely 
also my final question your advice for how to get into voiceover work and how you got into voiceover I mean my journey into voiceover work is ridiculous (laughs) still is ridiculous because I've never had an agent never had a voiceover agent and currently can't get one I have done voiceovers for confused.com um P&O Tom's Cook um Hotels for You Morrison's and I still haven't had a voiceover agent and I can't get one so if there's anybody out there that would like um I can't get one don't know babe don't know I've got a a corking voiceover reel as you can imagine I bet Um, and, and the thing is with voiceover reels a lot of people that do them have them put together so there are made up adverts you know there are oh here's a pretend advert all about cotton wool balls or what I don't know why I said cotton wool balls but you, but whatever it could be about anything mine are all real campaigns I can't get a voiceover agent I've sent it off to loads of people and still haven't got one way. um I all my voiceover work has um been um an add-on from the one that I've done before right um due to a wonderful man who is an angel and he has taken me with him Every time he goes to a new company, he goes, I have the, the perfect person to do the voiceovers um, for the company. And he employs me to do those for him. Incredible. Thank you for him. <laughs> Thank you for him. And did you meet him through the industry? I met him originally um, doing vocals uh, for Louise Dearman on Confused.com. That one. Amazing. Yeah, And then he um, pulled me out of the the vocal crowd that we were all singing in and went um would you sing a character and so I sang a character on the confused.com adverts called Bertha um alongside of Louise's little character on all those little cartoons yeah and that's how that all began yeah oh my god fantastic this industry is so much about networking isn't it being a nice person yeah exactly exactly like if you've worked with someone and you get on with them why would you not want to work with them again yeah so true well listen Charlotte thank you so much for your time today I so appreciate it and it's been just glorious seeing your lovely face here I am flirting again with you stop flirting with me Harriet I always ask all my guests to sign off the podcast by just saying the title of the show thanks that's all for today so if you wouldn't mind I feel like we've got an absolute pro today with your voiceover credits if you could just say thanks that's all for today we're done Harriet Mullen thanks That's all for today.